If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome along to this week's episode of the Early Excellence Podcast. I hope you're well and that you've had a good start to the new school year. Now, what have we got for you for this week? Well, this week on the podcast with our Kath Murdoch events fast approaching here at Early Excellence, we're going to have a close look at inquiry-based learning and some key considerations for your practice. And if what we've got to say really gets you thinking and inspires you to know more about inquiry-based learning within the primary age range, then join us. Do join us for our upcoming Kath Murdoch conference and online events. You can really join us in all kinds of different ways. So you can join us in person at our Early Excellence Centre in Huddersfield, or really wherever you happen to be. If you're much further afield, you can join us anyway. You can still join us. Um, you can join us online, or you can receive a recording of the session. Um, Kath Murdoch is really inspirational. This is something that's definitely not to be missed. If you want to find out more, there is lots of information about the different sessions with Kath on our Early Excellence website. Loads of information there, and we'll put a link to that within the podcast information here. Okay. So with inquiry-based learning very much at the forefront of our minds at the moment, we wanted to explore it a little bit with you. So we've got some key questions to consider. Um, first of all, what do we mean by inquiry-based learning? What is it? And if we wanted to put it into practice, where do we start? Here's Luella Ivans, our colleague here at Early Excellence, with a recorded piece to really get you thinking. We're going to talk today about inquiry-based learning. And to start us off, I just want to start with a quote from Kath Murdoch. Kath uh, is an education consultant who has focused much of her work um, around the way in which children learn and particularly around that inquiry-based learning approach. And Kath says, inquiry is not a subject, but rather a stance and a mindset for both educators and learners. So inquiry is often seen as an approach that can sometimes distract from teaching, maybe seen as something that's superficial. And it can bring to mind kind of free choice, projects, children choosing an area of focus, copying illustrations and texts, perhaps cutting and sticking images with little or no understanding. And there is no doubt that when done badly, without careful planning or thought, it may be a little more than that. And I think sometimes that misunderstanding might partly arise from the belief that inquiries are led entirely by children. In fact, the truth is that at every stage, the role of the adult is crucial. So what do we mean then by inquiry-based learning? Well, we know that learners are more engaged and motivated when they are interested. Inquiry-based learning takes account of children's interests, building them into the learning wherever possible. 
And it taps into their natural curiosity and really allows that curiosity to flourish. The process of inquiry emphasises the need to make links between the areas of learning, developing those transferable skills such as being organised, critical thinking and problem solving. Through this, children will learn to collaborate and learn to reflect, finding ways to share their progress with a wide ranges of audiences as well. There are various inquiry models, but they broadly follow this sequence, starting with children exploring their current knowledge, then asking questions in order to find out, then presenting their findings and then reflecting on the process. And it is a cyclical process. Um, and there are, as I say, there are lots of inquiry models, um, but they do broadly follow that same sequence. And that sequence can be followed whether your inquiry is a short term one. So perhaps a child's question, as an example, or whether it was a long term one, perhaps a topic with an inquiry slant. So there are different ways of doing this and inquiry can work in the same way. So effective inquiry-based learning does take time to embed as the skills involved need careful planning and teaching. The degree to which children can inquire depends upon the ability they have to pose good questions, to identify and to access sources and present their learning. As children grow in experience, the level of support and guidance they need will change. In the later stages of Key Stage 2, children who have experienced this approach for several years may well be able to decide on the focus of an inquiry and then work with a large degree of independence. At children in Key Stage 1, on the other hand, they're probably going to need adults to really scaffold and support that learning and that exploration. So it is worth considering different opportunities or levels of inquiry in relation to your own teaching. When we see inquiry as a stance rather than a separate subject, opportunities arise almost daily in our schools. Which bird laid the egg we found? How does the hole punch work? How can we improve the playground? Or how will we get to the museum? Effective inquiry-based learning requires a degree of spontaneity, really, so that we can respond to those sudden fascinations that children have or those questions that they're asking, from exploring frost patterns on an icy morning, right the way through to discussions prompted by a fox running across the playground. So, as a starting point, a provocation or an enhancement could be a, a great opportunity to get started with that inquiry. So, it might be something like asking, what is the mystery object? As is a child's question, how does blood move around the body? They're both great starting points because initially children will need guiding through those stages, perhaps with a single question as a focus. But then when considering long-term plans, a slight shift in approach could make a big difference. So turning a topic round into an inquiry could be done by promoting curiosity and questioning again. So an alternative to delivering a topic as a fully pre-planned package 
might be to start instead with a series of questions to really nurture children's thinking skills. So how are houses built? How do animals survive in the cold? Why do we feel warm after exercise? A further approach requires us as practitioners to really select a particular area or topic and then allow some choice within this. So as an example, if we're thinking about transport, children could choose to focus on trains, boats or cars. But what is important is that they have guidance and that we base this on what we know the children will be able to achieve. So put very simply, we can't always give children free choice. A group might be fascinated by tigers, but allowing them to develop an inquiry based on a visit to a zoo where there are none is unlikely to be successful. But they could, however, be asked to choose or to be carefully directed to choose from a restricted number of animals that you have planned to focus on during the visit, knowing that you can provide further resources for the children to then use afterwards. So the quality of sources provided is key. And we know that asking children to find information on the internet or in books without adult support is really challenging for all sorts of reasons, really. So whatever the inquiry, we need to make sure that we can provide appropriate visits, books, it might be fact sheets or videos or images or artifacts, any of those things. We need to be able to provide them if we are to support that inquiry effectively as part of our direct teaching sessions where necessary. Remember too that experts are a fantastic source and they don't always need to be specialists such as the police, but colleagues, families and others from your local community could be a really rich opportunity to develop skills and knowledge on a wide range of topics or inquiries. And first-hand meaningful information about local history, animals, the geography of the school catchment area or physical skills such as perhaps how to hold a brick wall, how to, how to build a brick wall, sorry. Um, all of those could be brought to life with an interesting visitor or a visit. So I would always say never underestimate the power of an expert or the power of a visitor or a trip. So thinking about the environment for inquiry then. I think it's important to remember that effective inquiry-based learning begins with the adult. So with this in mind, we might need to ask ourselves a critical question. What kind of practitioner are we? Do we openly inquire? Do we question? Do we puzzle and wonder in front of the children? Are we open to new experiences ourselves? Do we model the characteristics of an effective learner? Just take a moment to think about your current classroom. Is it a place where curiosity is valued and children are confident to question without the fear of being wrong? A good inquiry-led teacher welcomes and values questions, knowing that they, they can be a way in to challenge, extend and deepen learning. The ability to be flexible really is key. 
Plans will be modified and timetables will be changed as you begin to respond to the children or to events that crop up. So you need to be prepared really to take risks and let go of the reins a little bit. And accepting that learning may just take a different direction to that that we, you know, we may have planned for or have predicted. And that can be hard sometimes, but we have to be okay with that. So for inquiry-based learning to be successful, the foundations need to be in place. High quality, continuous provision with resources and artefacts that intrigue and entice children. And that needs to be an atmosphere where children can really demonstrate their thinking, demonstrate their ideas in different ways, whether that be writing, reading, drawing, painting, building, sculpting, designing, calculating, performance, the list goes on. Direct teaching will still continue, but it will be linked to the inquiry where it's relevant. But make sure you avoid tenuous links. So for example, teaching an aspect of data collection would work well within an inquiry on transport. But other areas might need teaching separately. So knowing which curriculum areas do not fit within an inquiry is just as important as planning those which do. So that's given you um, a short kind of introduction really to inquiry-based learning. So some key things then for you to go away and really think about. Consider how you can create a more inquiry-led environment on a day-to-day -day basis by identifying opportunities for children to explore different solutions within your classroom. Reflect on how much practical research and investigation is possible within your selected inquiry. So as an example, superheroes could be a really engaging theme, but it doesn't really lend itself to first-hand exploration in the way that the local supermarket does, for example. So lastly, plan with children's interests in mind. But remember that you are also the person who can really inspire new fascinations for young children. Inquiry-based learning is demanding for us as well as the children. And I think that's something to remember. But I would say it's always worth taking the risk. Make a small shift in approach and really watch your children demonstrate their enthusiasm their confidence and their competence as they learn to really take ownership of their own learning. So there you go, definitely lots to think about there. And of course, not just for EYFS practice. Um, if you're in a school, it's important to note, I think that these key messages about inquiry-based learning really are worth sharing with Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 colleagues. It certainly could, I think, lead to some really interesting conversations, couldn't it, about how children's thinking skills are developed across your school, what that looks like in practice. So yeah, lots to think about and certainly lots to share. Um, thank you again for listening. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>